Start small. Don't try and eat the elephant in one bite. Start small, understand where your employees are now and talk to your IT team if you have one about what are the challenges they're facing in terms of cyber behaviours. Welcome to KBCast, the podcast for security executives, interviewing people from around the globe on how organizations can operate smarter and stay safer. Here's Carissa Breen. Okay, so Laura, welcome. I'm really excited to have you here on the show today. As I have seen you online, so I do know a little bit more about you, and I know that we're going to dive into your journey very shortly. But I wanted to just say that I'm excited to have you on here today because I haven't really had someone from a banking background really talk about cyber security awareness and building culture programs and things like that, as I have historically worked in a bank myself. So I do have quite a a good handle on how banks operate. So before we dive into your wealth of knowledge, we always like to start our podcast off with talking about you and your journey. So please uh, let our listeners know where you started to what you're doing now. Great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Very happy to be here. So I, like a lot of people working in security now, didn't set out to work in security. It was a bit of a surprise where I ended up. So when I went to uni, I did a Bachelor of Arts in Political Science and Criminology, and then I followed that up with a Master's in Criminology. And uh, I was already working at the bank, actually booking mortgage settlements while I was at uni, and so I joined the grad program. And while I was working in technology on the grad program, I met someone from security and they said, hey, why don't you come and work with us? You're a criminologist. So that's how I got started in our intelligence team uh, in 2013. So I worked in the Intel team for a while, and then I rolled off into a permanent role in security awareness as it was at the time. And I've been there ever since. So I started out as an analyst off the grad program in uh, in the awareness team, and now I run the team. So would you say because you've got that background in criminology, you, you I would say that you have quite a, a comprehensive understanding on how criminals think. So you've sort of applied that same knowledge that you've learnt traditionally into what you're doing now? Yeah, that's certainly the link as I see it. So when I think about the nexus between what I did at university and what I do for work, for me, it's all about crime prevention. That was what I was interested in when I was studying as well. So, you know, what do criminals want? What are their motivations? But also, how can we prevent crime from occurring? And in this case, of course, cybercrime. You know, so the things that we can put in place, both technical, but also uh, social and human controls to, to stop those things from happening. Yeah, and I guess it's interesting because, like we all know, the human side of it is where it gets quite nuanced, quite complex. Uh, you can't just fix it with mm-hmm. technology solutions, and I guess that's what we're going to dive into today. And I think that that's really important, and I really want to get into a lot of this, and especially now that I know that you've got a, a, a criminology background. Uh, so I'm definitely mm-hmm. keen to hear your thoughts and understand your experiences. So, Laura, talk to me a little bit more about like cyber education and your experience in building out these programs for an organisation. Yeah, sure. I guess the way I think about why we need cyber education or awareness and whatever you want to call it, because there are you know a few different schools of thought on that. For me, it comes down to what we're doing rather than what we're calling it. As we know, technical technical controls are great and they're really important, but 
criminals now don't try and hack into computer networks. Why would they when they can send one email and get someone to click on it and hand over their password or make a funds transfer for them? Focusing on human controls and empowering people to be the first line of cyber defence is what I find so interesting and why I've been in the industry for 10 years now. And that's always the focus that we've had with our, our awareness program at NAP. So when I started in, in this role a few years ago, Awareness was new, was, um, it was valued, but it certainly was less prominent than it is now. So I feel like in the last few years, we've matured into a program that is well understood and the impact of it uh, is well understood as well. So it's a really great place to be. There's always more to do as things change, um, but it's really interesting work. Have you seen quite a strong progression in the change in which how companies are developing cybersecurity awareness programs? And if so, what does that sort of look like? Yeah, I think probably five to ten years ago it was very compliance-focused. It was tick and flick. You do your annual compliance training once a year. That's probably death by PowerPoint. And, you know, you tick the box and it's done. Um, We certainly don't think like that. And I think companies, as they mature, uh, don't think like that either. So I think that's been a great progression. And now it's understood that it's a nuanced thing. Um, I think one of the biggest challenges is working out how to measure the impact of our programs because measuring something that you've managed to prevent from happen uh, is, is quite difficult. So that's an ongoing challenge, but something you know that companies deal with in their, the evolution of their security awareness culture, I guess. Mm, yeah, that's a really good point. What, what would you say, I mean, in your opinion, would be the reason why companies have sort of moved past just compliance focus? Was there any sort of motivation mm-hmm. behind understanding that it's a little bit more of a broader scope than just compliance? Or do they sort of work out quite easily that uh, that's, that's one area, but of course um, we need to sort of think about things in a little bit more detail in order to get the outcome that we're chasing perhaps? Yeah, I think companies have realised the power of um, empowering people in terms of cyber. And as I said before, it only takes one employee to click on a phishing email or give out information over the phone or in the classic example, plug a USB they found in the car park straight into their laptop. So if we can move beyond just raining information down on people to achieve our compliance outcome to actually working with them and changing their behaviours in a way that's going to benefit the company. Obviously, there's a lot of value in that. So protecting a company's brand and its reputation and its customer trust, working on cyber education and culture is a really big part of that. No, you're absolutely right. And I think that now starting to see more companies realising importance of it. But perhaps for those that have literally nothing in terms of cybersecurity mm-hmm. awareness or building any sort of cultural program, how would you sort of advise them to sort of start? Like what would be your steps? Yeah, I'd suggest start small. Don't try and eat the elephant in one bite. Start small, understand where your employees are now and talk to your IT team if you have one about what are the challenges they're facing in terms of cyber behaviours. One of the things that I would suggest is most powerful at the start is to have a mailbox where people can report suspicious messages or things they're not sure about. And um, if you can, and not all organisations can, actually have someone monitor it and, and triage it and respond and provide advice. And of course, the more you do that, the more you're going to attract, but it will give you a really clear picture of what people are seeing 
and, and what the potential threats are. And then it's a really uh, valuable source of information. And once you have that information, you can then take that and start actioning it. So that might mean you've seen there's a lot of CEO phishing requests coming through where someone's impersonating your executives and asking for payments to be made. Once you know that, you can then start talking to maybe the accounts payable team or executive assistants, whoever's making those payments, and start educating them on the threat and also how they should be responding to it. Would you say from working in the field now for a while that, I mean, a lot of companies kind of don't have anything in place? I mean, it's different because you're working for NAB. Uh, They Mm -hmm. do. But for those, perhaps, is it quite common that you're sort of seeing in the industry a lot of people don't have anything at all? Yeah, definitely. So in my day job, we spend a lot of time talking to NAB's customers in the community. And these are often very small businesses, you know, mum and dad bakeries and, and small businesses like that. They won't even have a dedicated IT person, let alone a cyber person. So we totally understand that running their business is their focus and keeping the business going. They're not cyber experts. So that's always the, the lens that I approach it with. You know, I'm, I'm privileged to work in the cyber industry and that's my focus. But for other, especially small business operators, running their business is their primary focus. So we can't expect them to have a mature flagship security awareness program, but we can certainly suggest small things they can do to make an impact and get started, like share examples of CEO phishing, uh, you know, attempts or whether it's scam calls or whatever it is, and those really small things and talking about them with a team and how you'd want them to respond if they saw one of those can be really powerful and impactful. Yeah, that's a really interesting point as well, because I think sometimes people working in large corporations or multinationals perhaps apply their thinking of how they would build a cybersecurity awareness program, which mm-hmm. probably isn't relevant to, uh, like you said, the mum and dad bakeries, right? So what would be your approach to building out the a program so for an enter so we've spoken about the enterprise but let's talk more about mm-hmm. a smaller business their budgets are smaller um their their risks are different mm-hmm. uh would it would it still be the same lens that you'd apply or would, would you fundamentally change how you engineer a c- cybersecurity awareness program for a smaller entity for example mm-hmm. yeah and I actually don't think you need a big budget or maybe a budget at all. There's a lot of things that you can do to start off that are free. You know, that's something that we talk a lot with SMBs about. So even if you start with sending out a monthly newsletter to your employees, you know, that can be as simple as an email where you've gathered some security news and you share a tip. I think things like that can be a great starting point. And there's lots of resources that exist So on NAB's website, for example, we have a whole security hub built for small to medium businesses and we ask them to use the content and reuse it however is useful for them. There's this podcast, we've got the NAB Security Podcast, the government's got the Australian Cyber Security Centre, they've got a great hub of information as well. So I really don't think at the small end of town that you need to buy or pay for anything, to be honest. You can start with the resources that exist and share them with your teams. So things like sharing common phishing examples, I think is really is really great. Maybe doing a review of your security controls and there's some uh, newer cyber health check tools out there for small businesses to do that. Uh, and sharing information and just checking the basics, I think is a great way to get started. 
Yeah, absolutely. From my experience, I've sort of heard people say, like, the information's online, but then it overwhelms me to sort of implement. Which Are you hearing that feedback as well from the customers that you are speaking to? Oh, yeah, it can definitely be overwhelming. I, um, I totally understand that. Um, so in terms of cyber hygiene more generally, we always point to the Australian Signals Directorate for Central 8. Uh, and if you haven't heard of that, then it's, um, you know, eight simple things that business of any size can do to better, um, better protect themselves online from cyber attacks. So in terms of cyber controls, that's something that I would definitely use as a starting point. It's a good checklist, you know, eight things, that's pretty achievable. Even if you look at some of them and say, that's not suitable for us, but I know that now and I'll come back to it maybe in a year or two. And then uh, for cyber awareness, sure, that can be overwhelming as well. So I think it's about uh, see what's out there, see what's going to work for you and pick a few small things to get started on. You don't have to do it all in one go, but maybe you try and look at a new topic or um, a new area every month or quarter, whatever works best for your business. One of the things I'm really interested about hearing about now is the security hub that you guys are doing at NAB. So can you talk through a little bit more about what you guys are doing and what your sort of vision is overall with, uh, like you said, providing resources and free resources for small to medium-sized businesses to ultimately build their own security awareness programs and be mm-hmm. more um, secure in how they, how they operate their organization. So I'm really keen to, to get, hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, definitely. So that's something we've been working on probably the last five years or so. And for context, NAB, I think, is the largest banker of small businesses in the country. So that's a big focus for NAB. And I think it's a great one because SMBs, small to medium businesses, really need a hand with cyber because, as I said before, you know, they've got their own business operations to worry about. So that's a great place that we can try and add value and shape insights from our security practice. And We do that in collaboration with Business Bank and all our talented business bankers. So about five years ago, we set out to create a hub of information for small businesses. So that's at nab.com.au slash security. And that's being created for SMBs, written in simple language. The articles are about five-minute reads, and they all have practical advice you can take away. So that's very much the approach that we had. And then over time, we've added free online training. There's an SMB cyber toolkit to download, which we're talking about overwhelm of information and downloading one nice PDF toolkit might be a nice place to start. Of course, there's the podcast, um, the security podcast, the NAB one. And we also run monthly webinars for SMBs uh, that we promote there as well. So that's that anyone can join, doesn't have to be a NAB customer. With 60 minutes, we run it every month. Uh, and people are welcome to join and learn something about cybersecurity. So we're always adding new content, and um, there's also offers for things like um, discounted security software as well. So we're adding new stuff all the time, and it's um, hopefully a really great service for SMBs, and we get feedback that they they really appreciate it and it's valuable to them, which um, is great to hear. Absolutely. And would you say because you, you guys at NAB have been running this program for five or so years that you're, you're seeing an uptake mm-hmm. in people joining the sessions and dialing the resources and podcast numbers increasing because I guess it's it's something that is still quite immature in how people approach it. I think people mm-hmm. are genuinely 100% interested. But again, it comes back to, well, where do I go? What type of resources am I looking for? Like some people even say to me, I don't even know what I'm looking for. And so I guess it's a really good starting point for people to just get a high-level understanding of what to even expect from the get-go. 
Yeah, definitely. We have seen year-on-year growth and traffic to the website. The podcast we only started about six months ago, but that's going really well. Um, and working with um, you know experts from government industry to add another another lens to that has been great as well. Um, so yeah, it's been really really great and really powerful to be able to help SMBs like that, and um, hopefully it's build it and they will come. So we'll keep going, and uh, hopefully it continues to be valuable in the future. One of the things I'd like to sort of jump into now, it's something that I often hear people talk to me about or complain to me about is really getting that budget and justifying the costs to these types of initiatives because it's not something that you can sort of mm-hmm. see tangible outcomes from necessarily. So it can be a little bit harder, especially when you've got to try to convince people that aren't in a cybersecurity mindset or don't really understand the value. So I'm really keen, yeah. how does a company approach investing in cybersecurity awareness programs or building culture programs versus just mm-hmm. basic focusing on security operations, like keeping the lights on, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, how, how do you navigate that conversation? Yeah, definitely. And I think in most organisations, security awareness does start being done off the side of someone's desk, someone in security operations that, you know, maybe can write a, write a good email ends up running the security awareness program. And then hopefully over time it matures into being at least a one-person function and it grows from there. And focusing on technical controls is obviously where you should start. And that's probably most important when you're starting for absolutely nothing. But the culture and the awareness piece should come closely behind. So what I find useful to talk to people about is the real world impacts of cyber attacks and how awareness can help. Uh, As I said, it only takes one person clicking on a phishing email for everything to come crashing down. So using real case studies to point out what can go wrong and where it actually has gone wrong before uh, can be really helpful. So, you know, for SMBs, there were those stats a couple of years ago that 60% of SMBs had been targeted by a cyber attack and about two-thirds of them will go out of business, go out of business after that happened. So I think breaking through that feeling of that won't happen to me or that won't happen to us here we know what we're doing. If you can point to an example close to home of where it has happened to someone who probably thought the same thing um, might be a good way to get started. And you only have to look in the newspaper to see when there's a data breach every couple of days now. Um, The financial, the reputational impact and the erosion of customer trust. And once that customer trust is gone or dented, it can be really, really hard to rebuild. So an employee awareness program is really about shoring up all those things, I think, and how can you teach your employees to be on the lookout for something that could really quickly disrupt your business significantly. And it doesn't have to be expensive, not at all. So for for CFOs who do listen to this podcast, for example, their job is to oversee revenue and expenses and all those types of things. So sometimes, Mm -hmm. from what I've heard, they will sort of see security is, well, I spent a lot of money on security. So, for example, arbitrary numbers, we're spending 500K a year for an SMB on security mm-hmm. operations. Like they've outsourced it to a security firm, for example. How do you yeah. then, as a head of IT or a head of security or whoever you are, then justify perhaps a bit more budget for the security awareness side of things? Is that sort of when it starts to get 
a little tricky because they're already disgruntled perhaps about paying 500k and now you're going back and asking for a little more do you think it's just a continuous education and conversation that needs to be had and not to the point where you're wearing them down so to speak but more so to the point of hey I really need this in order uh, for the practice and the business to be successful yeah and I think maybe in the past you might say okay, well, I've tried to convince them we can't, let's wait for, you know, someone to break in through a phishing email or something and then they might understand why it's useful. Obviously, we don't want that to happen and so trying to be proactive and convince um, executives up front is is much more beneficial for everybody. Um, And what I would say is that it doesn't have to be expensive to start an awareness program. You could have one person doing it. Or, and the other thing is that I would recommend that it isn't an IT, a hard technical IT person. You get someone with a comms background or um, from marketing to help on it. And so if you can get someone to start it as half their role while they work on marketing or comms, then that can be a nice foot in the door as well. And um, we often get um, comms grads or interns, those kinds of people to come in and help us because often they're young and fresh and they have new ideas and they're great at communicating with people. So I think you can get resourceful about what that looks like. Maybe you get interns from the local university to cycle through on 18-month placements and um, do some security awareness stuff for you. So start small, see how it goes, and build from there. No, absolutely. I know what it's like to um, try to convince people up front about giving them more money for a security practice. (laughs) Uh, Laura, I'm really curious, because you are internal from an awareness point of view for NAB, do you see any do you see more benefits in insourcing versus outsourcing security awareness? I'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts of what you've mm-hmm. seen, uh, because people often ask me that, and I think it's it's not necessarily an easy thing to sort of answer. So I'm really curious to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, sure. I can only speak from my perspective, which is sitting inside NAB and having done so now for ten years, which is a little bit frightening. <laughs> but What I would say is that means that I'm deeply attuned to the culture of the business, so my colleagues in security, but then also across our other other business units in, you know, um, finance and business banking and consumer banking, all those things. So having those roots and those connections to work with people in those teams as well is really powerful. And being able to have that two-way dialogue in here where things might need a bit of a tune-up out in the business uh, and to work with them on it um, is something that might be harder to achieve from the outside. Um, But then, you know, on the flip side, if you've got someone externally, they might have um, a great template ready to go and be able to get to work straight away if you're starting from scratch. Um, so there's probably pros and cons in either direction, but if you are starting out and you think that you need to think about security awareness, as I said, if you can find a comms person in your business who can learn about IT, then maybe that's the best of both worlds. Mm, no, absolutely. I think that it's going to, as I said, it's going to depend on the business and what stage that they're at in order mm-hmm. to make that decision. As this is an executive podcast, executives do tune into the show mm-hmm. and I always like to ask perhaps from, from the guests what are some of the key sort of takeaways so people can leave this interview and know that okay there's three things that Laura's mentioned to me what would they be and only three <laughs> mm-hmm. okay sure so as I've said a few times just to reiterate start somewhere start small don't 
don't leave it up to a high technical IT person that often doesn't yield the right results. Get someone who is an expert in communicating to your employees. That's probably number one. Number two is that you don't need to spend a lot of money. There's a lot of really great resources out there already that are waiting to be leveraged and want to be used. And the third is don't be afraid to collaborate with people in your industry. And if you work in energy or mining or retail, your competitors in other other senses might be facing or will be facing the exact same challenges. So where you can and, and where you want to collaborate just on security or security awareness, do that because what we've found, of course, is that collaborating leads to much better outcomes um, and we can help everyone rise up at the same time. I love that. Thanks very much for reiterating that. And for those uh, who are listening, we will drop the um, the security hub with NAB in the show notes. So please go ahead and check that out. Uh, Laura, just lastly, if people perhaps have a question for you that I didn't ask you today, how can they go about getting in contact with you? Yeah, sure. You're welcome to find me on LinkedIn. I'm Laura Hartley. There's only one of me at NAB and um, welcome to connect and happy to have a chat. Otherwise, we also have our security influence and trust group called the SIP group on LinkedIn. That's for security awareness professionals. So if anyone's starting out on their security awareness journey and wants to connect with like-minded people, you're welcome to join. We'd love to have you. Awesome. Well, Laura, really appreciate you coming on the show today, sharing your thoughts. Again, it's something that a lot of people still are trying to navigate their way through when it comes to building cybersecurity uh, education programs and awareness programs. So I really appreciate you sharing your thoughts today and I can't wait to get you back. Fantastic. Thanks for the interview, Toby. Thanks for tuning in to KB Cast, the cybersecurity podcast for executives. We always value your support and would love it if you could leave us a review or a comment on your platform of choice, iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And that's always appreciated. Till next time.